us to probably look in the mirror and say the same thing. We can't believe what the Lord's done in us. I know when I look at myself in the mirror, I can't believe it, but God is good. And if we'll allow him to work in us, he'll work through us. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for being here with us to worship with us tonight. It's been a wonderful day today. This morning we had several people baptized and Pastor Ray delivered an on-time message about the importance of the church. With all the negativity and things that are going on in the world, we are the first responders. We're our first responders. It's our job to come in and give full of what the Lord wants to pour into us and then take it out into the world. Amen. And that's what we're here for tonight. Let's pray and welcome God in tonight. Lord, we honor you by being here tonight, united, Father. We want to be in your presence. 
tonight, Lord, and we ask that you'd have your way in this service. Lord, we love you, want to be used by you. Lord, work in us so you can work through us, Father, and just have your way this evening, Lord. Reveal something to us, Father, that we can take home, meditate on, and change as we desire to grow closer to you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Now, with that being said, let's get out and welcome each other to church tonight. Of this joy that I have, world begins to be, oh yeah, this joy that I have,
Praise the Lord. Is anybody happy, excited, thankful for yeah. Jesus Christ tonight? In the midst of conflict and chaos and trouble that's all around us, there's something deep in me. It's someone deep in me, and his name is Jesus, that tells me, that tells me this, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I'm thankful tonight that we serve Jesus Christ, the overcomer, and as long as we stand with him, amen, we overcome. Amen? Amen. You can be seated tonight. You can be seated. We're, we're going to take up tonight's offering. I'll tell you, I don't know if it's summertime or what. I was just telling Richard after lunchtime today, I don't, I just, something hits you, I, I think, in summertime. Just makes you want to just kick back and relax. But I'm thankful tonight that we're going to experience the power of God. I'm thankful tonight, and I'm not here just to go through the motions of church and go home. I, I want to receive from the Lord tonight. I want to, to get something from Him because I know I'm going out this week and I'm going to face the trials that will face us. I'm going to face the temptations that may face us, the tribulations that may face us. I'm going out to face those and we are as a church and we need Jesus to face those. Amen. And that's why we gather here together. It's not to put our time card in or our attendance sheet to be good. It's so that we can get fed Give us this day our daily bread, and luckily on Sunday we get it twice. I get it three times because I get an 8.30 service too, so I'm thankful for that today. The Bible says, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, this has me rejoicing all week. It says, but now in Christ, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly, or you who formerly were far off. Anybody ever been far off before? You who formerly were far off have been brought near. And you've been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful today that, that I may have been far off, but today I've been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ and what he's done for me. God, we love you and we praise you, God. All week it's rattled in my heart and mind as we go through the chaos of this week and experience that, God, that what someone told me a long time ago, God, repentance Repentance is not a place we visit, but God, it's instead a place we live. It's a place we stay, God. It's an it's a apology, God, to those that we need to apologize to that heals relationships, God. It's a turning, God, from the things that we've been doing towards you that brings us from far off to near. And that's been done. And, and the provision for that is the blood that you've shed for us. And God, you call us tonight. God, your blood, it, it calls us. That cross, is, it's up behind us and it's up all around us, God, in this church. As we drive in to this church, it calls us to be near. God, it calls us to draw near. It calls us to be closer than we've ever been before. And God, I don't know about all of us tonight, God. I know I'm in the place, God, where I need you more than I've ever needed you tonight. And God, I ask you to touch us and I ask you to move on us. God, I pray as we give that every penny would represent a soul. God, that every dollar would represent a family. God, that needs you. And God, and we pray as we give that the gospel, God, might be sent out from this church. God, as we give this place that you called us to be, God, to reach this community and this world. And God, I know and hear what your word says, God, that you won't forget. And God, that you're coming soon and your reward is with you. God, we love you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
one more thing. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I can't resist the microphone. There's so many up here, so you take your chance. <laughs> Thank you so much to see me at um, Stratford Heights Church of God. Here we are gathered to worship together, unhindered, not worrying about anyone pounding the doors down, as maybe in some other parts of the world. But we're here to freely worship the Lord our Amen. God. We just wanted to share with you this evening our signature song that we sing every night, every time we have choir practice. We close with this number. Whenever we do a concert outside of the church, we close with this number. And so this evening, this will be our last number, and it's called We Give You Praise, or I Give You Praise. That's our <coughs> signature number for Psalm 95. Thank you so much.
voices of Psalm 95. Can you say amen to the songs they've sung this evening? We have choirs for all different age groups and styles of music, so we encourage you to find a place and get involved with one of these different groups. Appreciate Jane and, and all the choir members, all they do. If you'd stand with me this evening for the reading of God's Word. We're going to take our text tonight from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to read down verses 8 through 11. Just kind of staying true to, you know, I wrestled, I've actually, I kept my notes from this morning because I just don't know if I'm through speaking to dry bones. Man, God moved on us this morning and I felt the anointing of the Spirit of God as he challenged us to speak to those dead things. The dead things in our community, the dead things in our situations, the deadness that's in the hearts and, and minds of those who are bitter and unforgiven, have unforgiveness, and, and those that are searching for answers. You know, we, we look at the world and the crisis, the situations that we're in currently, and we're blown away by just the fact that so many folks are, are scrambling, looking for answers. And I just, I feel like God is directing us as a church, not the church, but his body of believers around the world. He's challenging us to move into a deeper place where we can literally be an affecting example and an influence and we can literally speak to the issues at hand. They all scream, separation of church and state. And let me tell you something. They need us now more than they've ever needed us. And we need a sure word from the throne of God as we've never needed it before. It's not enough to have programs, although programs are wonderful. It's not enough to have organization, although we better be organized. It's not enough to have good information and communication and all those things that make it relevant and good to be a part of the local body. What's important is that we get a hold of God, that we hear from the Lord, and that we in our own lives are examples of that work in us. It's right for us to, to be moved upon by God's Holy Spirit. I'm challenged as I have never been all afternoon, all afternoon. I've just been alone. I was invited to go several places. Uh, had family in from out of state and they wanted me to get together with. I could not. I was alone. I was in my chapel in my house. I have a little upstairs room that I've, it's my prayer room. I was up there the whole afternoon and I just kept saying, God, we've got to hear from you. We, want, we have to know you as we've never known you before. God, the world needs the church. They don't know it. They don't even like us. They need us, and they need us to quit playing games. They need us to quit being foolish, childish. They need us to grow up in the Lord and become men and women of God, men and women like we read in this book right here. It ain't time for game playing. It ain't time for attention-seeking and agendas that lift up ourselves. It's time for us to truly get a hold of the meat of the Word of God and become godly men and women that will set an example in this world. They need us. They need you down at Kroger's. They need you at the mall. 
They need you at your workhouse. That you're there on purpose. You've got a there's a design and a reason why God has you where He does. If we'd get out of our own selfish needs and get out of our own selfishness and begin to see God's work and His purposes and His design for where we are and what we're doing. Man, I feel the Lord here tonight. I believe He's up to something with us. I know he, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I'm hungry. Anybody else hungry? I'm hungry. I'm hungry for God, for a move of God. I'd love for God to come in here and just mess us up tonight. I'd give anything if he'd just mess us up. I don't want to, like I said, I'm not into it. You know, I, I'm, I want the real deal. Do you know what I'm saying? I want the real deal. I want the kind of move of God that literally transforms and changes lives. I look to answered prayers. I don't look to flashy programs or, you know, I don't, I'm not looking for the things that make people look good. I'm looking for things that make Jesus look good. Things that, that I, want, I want to see answers to prayer. I've had several folks who this morning from the service, they were so moved and they were, they were saying, Pastor, I, I need a move of God. I need a miracle. I need this healing. I need this deliverance. There's a marriage here that I, I, have, I don't know when in an afternoon I've received so many texts of people from the service this morning who just felt like they're, they're trying to move deeper. And God is moving and God is transforming us and he's calling us into a place we've never been before. We've had some good things and great revivals and there's been great history, but how many of you know at the coming of the Lord, he's going to be doing more than he's ever done. Because he said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. He talks about a time. The end time is going to be like it's never been. So it's right for us to get a hold of whatever he's doing. I want to get under the glory spout, don't you? I want to get under that. I want you to lift up your hands right now before we even begin our preaching part of the service. I want you to ask the Lord to just absolutely saturate you, to fill you, to fill you full of His Spirit tonight. Lord, we come to you in your presence. We thank you. We're moved upon by your Holy Spirit. And God, we thank you. We honor you. It's a real deal. It's, Lord, it's you moving in our midst. It's your throne set up in the midst of our praise. God, we understand and know we can't live it and do it without you. We understand it and we're so thankful that you come to the aid of those who cry out your name. Lord David set the example when he said, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me. When Daniel cried out from the, from the den and he said, Oh king, live forever. The Lord has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. Lord, we're looking for that kind of move of God. We're looking for that kind of miracle. One that will turn Middletown upside down, Lord. We're looking for our families to be reunited and our sons and daughters to once again be flames of fire as they are drawn to your Holy Spirit. God, you're powerful enough. You're mighty enough. You're majestic enough. You're kingly enough. Lord, we lift your name up high this evening. We magnify you and thank you for the moving of your spirit. We speak to the dead things in our own lives. We speak to the deadness around us in our country. And Lord, we breathe. We ask you to breathe on every man, woman, boy, and girl. Let your work be accomplished and done. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. 
Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody said amen. 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 You don't know, if you don't know it, you've stumbled into a spirit-filled Pentecostal holiness church. If you don't know it. So every now and again, you know, we just, we just act like the folks we are. How many say that's all right? Say amen. 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 I hope we do that all the time. God bless you. You can be seated. No, you can't. We're going to read the scripture. I come up when they still got another song to sing, and I, I'm sit, I make you stand forever, talk to you, and then sit you down before we read the scripture. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. Listen to what the word says. Paul's writing. Now, I believe he's kind of talking about a time such as this, a time like we're living in right now. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, mm. above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us, past, present, and future. How many of you know he's always going to be God? He's always going to be on the throne. Amen. You also helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Lord, we do ask your blessings on the word of God. Ask you to touch your church and your people tonight in this vessel, God, that I get out of the way and that your work will be accomplished and done. For Lord, we've got to get down to business and we can't do that in ourselves. So we ask you to take the control, complete control, of who we are and what we are. Lord, Stratford Heights Church of God belongs to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now you can be seated. I'm having a little bit of trouble here, Doug. It's a time. It's a troubled time. We continue to look at troubled times. We're we're looking at it because that's where we are. If you're someone who's kind of out of touch, you know, I, I know some folks don't want to listen to the news. They don't watch the news. They don't want to know what's going on, and that's all right. That's up to you. I kind of like to know what I'm praying about. I kind of like to know what's going on in the world, and I, I listen. I listen every day. I listen constantly. I'm always get my ears always attuned to what's happening. I just feel it's our responsibility. It's my responsibility as a Christian to be praying for the needs that's around us in the world. I feel like I don't want to live in some bubble. I want to live knowing in reality what's happening around me because I believe the prayers of the righteous avail much. So I want to be a part of what God's doing in this last day. I want to be a part of what's happening in the spiritual revival that's taking place with us and where we are. What I'm learning and what I'm finding is that there are lessons in what we go through. How many of you ever known that there's lessons in what you go through? 
If, if you don't learn and if you don't grow through all the things that you go through, then you're destined to do one thing for sure. You're going to repeat yourself over and over again until you do learn. I've learned in my life that I got to pay attention to what God is speaking and what God is doing in my life through the good times and the bad times. I need to know what's happening at all times in my own life, and I need to be submitted to the potter's wheel, letting him perfect the work that he's trying to accomplish in me. I am a student for life. I will never get to the place, you should not ever get to the place where you know it all. You should never get to the place where you're done growing and learning. You should always be under the, the auspices of God's mighty hand at work in us, and growing us and making us more excellent for him. So the question that we ask a lot of times when things go wrong and things do, there's an old funny story. I think I probably may have told it maybe four or five years ago. I wanted to tell it again. I thought it might have been long enough. There's a guy, he's a parachuter, and he's up in a plane, and he's getting his instructions from the, the folks that he's working for. He's a paratrooper, and, and so he's getting out there, and the, and the guy looks at him and says, okay, listen, you got, you got one ripcord right there, and then when you jump out of this plane, pull that first ripcord. Now listen, this is, this is serious business. If, you don't, if that don't work, there's another one. You got to back up. So pull that second one. Here it is right here. Pull that second one. After about 10 seconds, if the first one fails, that way you've got the backup and you're going to be good. When you get to the ground, we'll have a truck sitting right there ready to take you back to base and everything is going to be all right. You got it? Yes, okay. Push. Out he goes. He waits. He gets about right where he's supposed to. He pulls that first rip cord and nothing happens. He doesn't know what to do. He counts, oh, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, second ripcord, pulls it. Nothing happens. And he's flying down, free falling all the way to the ground. And he finally mutters to himself and he says, I bet you that truck isn't going to be there either to pick me up when this is all done. Have you ever had that kind of experience in your life when you just feel like, man, nothing is going my way? Nothing's working. I, I've looked up to God before, and I've said these words, and sh I'm sure he, he meant to reprimand me and correct me for it, but I've said, Lord, why do I always have to do it the hard way? Why is it always going to be the hard way with me? I want to be easy street. I want to do things easy. I don't want things to be so difficult. But I, I've had that experience before, and there, we're living in a time which is, while that was comical, we're living in a time when, I'm telling you, the 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 fear around us, the violence around us, the crime that's around us, it's such as I've never seen in my life. It's, it's unbelievable. Some of you that lived through World War I or World War II, some of you lived through the Vietnam War, if, if Korean War, if you were there, you may have experienced some things that, that would, would curl some of our hair. But we, I have not been through things like I'm seeing now, and it's, it's perilous times. It's times that reflect to me and speak to my heart that the Lord is coming very soon. And I'd love to preach a message tonight. I'd love to stir up the momentum inside of your own spirit, the energy in you towards the hope and the promise that Jesus is coming soon. But I'll just tell you straight up, he's almost at the door. I believe he's almost ready to split that eastern sky and a trumpet is about ready to sound. And you and I got to have a clear, clear-tuned ear for when that trumpet sounds, I don't want to be left out in any way, shape, or form. The mercy of the Lord will take you all the way across. The grace of God is amazing, and you don't have to fear. Have, have, have a, an aunt that, 
that sometimes in the past she used to call the house. I may have told you this before. I'm repeating myself tonight. But she, she said uh, she would call the house sometimes and check just to see if my mom was home. And if she thought my mom was home, then she was all right. She's worried that the rapture had taken place. And she would call. And we've had people call the office through the years. And, and we'd pick up the phone and say hello, and they'd click. And Judy would just say, well, it's just a rapture check. That's all it is. We've had those kind of things happen, but my aunt, man, she was pretty vigilant at it. She was, man, she was on it. She'd just call every now and again, and she's probably watching tonight. She's probably, hi, Aunt Patty, I'm talking about you. Yeah. She'd call the house, and she'd be checking to see, you know, it, it, is, is Mary there? I'd answer the phone and say, hey, hi, Aunt Patty. She'd say, is your mama there? I'm like, well, what about me? What am I, chopped liver? You know, you know yeah, mom's here. Okay, baby, I'll talk to you later. Bam. <laughs> She's fine, as long as she knows. One time she called my sister Melissa, and this was after my mother had passed away, and so she didn't have that, that confidence, and she didn't have that, that anchor. And so she called Melissa, and my sister, and she, hi, Missy. She goes, man, I, I was just calling. She, and Missy was like, oh, like she knew this is a rapture check. I'm getting, I'm getting called now. And she was feeling a little good, you know, like, hey, she had great confidence in her. And she said, could you go see if the baby's in the crib? <laughs> Our family loves that story. <laughs> Missy don't. <laughs> The Lord is coming soon. But, you know, there's a way and, and a confidence that we have to have, an assurance that we have to have. It, it's, it's an assurance that God gives us when we accept him into our lives. We don't need to fear or worry. I'm telling you, the Lord will carry you all the way through. He's able to bring you all the way to his holy throne. He's going to bring you to the gate. He's going to bring you to those gates of pearl. Can you hardly wait till well, we're standing on streets of gold? I can't hardly wait until I get to put my foot down on glass that is gold. And I can't wait until I've seen all the sights of heaven. I can't wait until I've heard the Savior's voice. I, I've had these thoughts and feelings all through my life of what, what's he really look like. I mean, I know the word describes him in Revelation, what he might look like now with hair as white as wool. And, and, and you've, you've heard the descriptions. And, and I look at that and eyes a flame of fire and feet, you know, as brass burned in a furnace. We, we know those things and the descriptions of him, but I can't wait until I'm looking on him for myself and not a painting, not a picture somebody's drawn. I want to look at him for myself. I'm longing for the day I hear the voice of my Savior call my name out loud. I'm excited about that time. I can't hardly wait for him to come. But in the meantime, while we're occupying, it's important that we learn and we grow and we develop and we become vessels of honor, meet for the master's use and prepared for every good work. It's right that we are constantly growing in the power and the presence of God becoming mature. Ephesians chapter 3, man, verses 14 down to 20. It's a beautiful expression of what God wants. He says in there, I want you to know the height and the depth and the with and the length of the love of God. I want you to know the full measure of Christ. I want you to have all knowledge of what he is like. And in presenting that scripture to us, it says, it finally gets down to a place where it says, and now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all, we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. 
you and I can speak to dead things. You and I can speak in the authority of Christ, that Christ has given to us through relationship with him. You ain't all that on your own. You're nothing without him, but you filled with his mighty Holy Ghost. You can run through a troop and leap over a wall. You can drink any deadly thing and it shall not hurt you. You can do all kinds of feats in the Lord. You can be supernatural in the things that you do when you belong to the Lord, emptied of self, self dead to the world. For I, Paul said, am crucified with Christ. Not I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. That power that's alive in us can speak to dead things, can learn and grow and become a powerful force in the hand of God. Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, of the trouble that's come to us, that we were burdened beyond measure. Oh, I've been there, but I can't imagine what he's writing about. I mean, we've heard descriptions of shipwrecks and, and beatings and, and prison cells that Paul has been in. We don't really know exactly what he's talking about here in this word. We're not sure exactly what he's telling us that he's going through specifically, but we know from lists and other parts of the precious word of God that he's gone through amazing terrible, horrible, heart-crushing kind of events. So we don't know what he's talking about, but we do know. He says, we were burdened beyond measure, above strength. In other words, no strength. We had no power within ourselves to overcome. There was no way out. It was hopeless. Sounds a lot like I'm hearing and I'm feeling today as I look at the world. I don't see anybody rising up to give me a good answer. I don't see anybody coming forward to bring a season of peace and joy and prosperity. I don't see any of that. What I see is that I've got to learn some valuable lessons about what I see on the television and what I hear and read in the newspapers. I've got to keep my eyes on the prize. I've got to be determined that I'm not going to get too involved and too deep down inside the mess of this world. But inside the power and awesome glory of God, we can see miraculous and mighty things the child of God need not fear. But we must stand up in the strength and in the power that God's given to us. We, we don't need to be a weak church. We can't be, we don't have time. Man, I need you to be with me tonight. I need you to hear me. We don't, we don't have time to be weak. We don't have time to fuss. We don't have time to worry and be divisive. And we don't have time for all those things. How about you saying amen right there? We don't have time for playing games in the house of God. We don't have time in the work of God to be caught being in our own uh, agendas or, or working out our own plans and, and things making, making things happen in our own strength. It's not a time for us to be self-centered and selfish in all that we want or do. It's time for us to lay down our lives, sacrifice our desires and our plans and to give it all to God and let him be God to this world. There is a dying generation that must know he is God. Must know he is God. I'm tired of young people who don't know anymore. I'm tired of hearing their doubts. I'm tired of hearing their questions that, that lead them to be searching and looking. One young man in my life, I would never call his name out, but he's broken my heart. I, I knew him years and years ago, and now he's a father with a baby. And I was watching uh, on tele or not television, on YouTube today. He was putting together some, some videos, and I was watching them, some of them, and I was just broken in my heart because he was talking all kinds of nonsense. He was talking about, you know, 
loving himself and loving the air and letting the trees give you a good day. And, and I love the creation, don't get me wrong, but that's not where my strength lies or comes from. I find that there is glory in licking up, looking up into past the clouds and past them, excuse me, the mountains. And looking past the things of this life and this world, my strength, Psalm 121, my help comes from the Lord. I look beyond this world. It doesn't hold any answers for me. I don't need to take a deep breath and meditate. I need to get in the word of God and let it give me feet, meat for the use in my heart. If we'll get determined that we're going to be empowered by the words of God, the power of God. That thing I preached this morning from Ezekiel 37 when God told Ezekiel, he said, take the word of God and preach to those dead dry bones. Ooh-wee. Do you know what that, I mean, I've read that, heard that, I've even preached that message. I've preached that passage many times in my life. But somehow it got a hold of me, Cameron, like it never has before. Now I'm looking at, I'm searching out, I'm sniffing out dead things. I'm finding somebody who's got a terrible disease. I'm finding somebody who's sick and can't even muster up enough strength to get up. I'm looking for things that challenge my faith. I'm looking for things that, that I can't just, well, I hope you feel better. I just wanted to come by and just visit you. My ministry is just to, just to visit you. I just want to tell you hi. I hope you're doing all right. I want power. I want power to be able to walk in and look at something that's hurting and somebody that's hurting and someone who's got a disease or they've got trouble or they've got a marriage that's falling apart or they've got something going wrong. Their kids don't want no part of God. I want to be able to walk into those situations and begin to use the authority of God's word and begin to speak life and strength and healing and deliverance over those situations. We can do that. We can, it's not a shock to us. It is part of what it is to be a child of the living God. Hallelujah. I'm not going to try to explain away the power. I've told preachers, well, that was, that was for another time. That was for another thing. That ended with the apostles. That, that did the, I've had debates and all kinds of arguments with folks, and I just look at them, and I, I just like, well, okay, whatever. I walk away, and I'm like, God, I believe you're God. At the back door, at the front door, in the pew, out down at the hospital, you're God. And somebody says, well, if y'all really believe in healing, why don't you walk down through the hospitals? You know what? The other day, I walked down through the hospital, and I said, Lord, I don't know this person in, in Salon 8, but I pray healing over them I pray healing over this next room I kept walking down and I said I'll do that I'll do that I believe God for it I believe God can do anything I believe it's powerful and mighty and it can do anything there's nothing too hard for our God so it's right for us to pray it's right for us to get a hold of the power of God and let it work through us John said I baptize you with water under repentance, but one who comes after me is going to, who is mightier than me, is going to baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost. That fire is what I want tonight. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the power of that that touches and transforms lives. We can have it tonight. It's part of what he's promised in his word. It's not anything new. It's something that's been in this word the whole time. 
But we like to pick and choose sometimes, don't we? We like to pull out things. We get amnesia sometimes to the promises of God. And we don't remember what he said when he said, hey, all things work together for the good to them that love God. Everything's going to be all right. Do you praise him in the good times? Praise him in the bad times. Praise him when everything's going right. Praise him when everything's going wrong. Praise him, all ye people. Hallelujah. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. He's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. The wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit of God. I want to see miraculous things take place. I want to see good things take place. I want to quit watching and trying to see how close to the world we can be and still be Christians and go to church. I want to find, I, I miss the days when we used to say, let's get as far away from all that mess as we possibly can. I think, can I say this tonight? I just feel anointed to do it. We ought to be real careful what we watch, real careful what we're listening to. We need to be holy people before God. We need to separate ourselves from the world. You can't act like them, walk like them, and talk like them, and hang out in places where you shouldn't be and expect that you're going to have power when you pray. Don't even think about it. You've got to set yourself apart and you've got to get a hold of that glory of powerful move of God will not happen outside of his strength. Am I all right tonight? Is this all right? Hallelujah. The four things we need to know about God. I need God's strength. Say that, I need God's strength. Y'all wear me out. Verse eight, for we did not want you to be ignorant, brethren. In other words, we want you to learn, brethren. Don't want you to be ignorant. We don't want you to be unaware. We don't want you to not know what's going on with our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure. We were above strength. First thing we need to learn from our troubles is that we need his strength. It was beyond their strength. It was beyond their understanding. People remain ignorant of God's dealings in their lives. And as I mentioned, that only means one thing. That means you're destined to just keep going over the same stuff over and over and over again. God is going to perfect his work in your life. And if you got to stay at ground zero, then that's where you'll stay until you grow up. I've seen folks been in the church 60 years and they're still babies. I've seen people in the church 20 years and they're still babies. I've seen people that have been in the church only five years. They have got grown up and become mature and God is using them in wonderful ways. It has nothing to do with time and years. It has everything to do with love and commitment and dedication to the things that build you and make you strong. If you will eat his word, meditate on it day and night, let this word fill you up and fatten you up. That's a word I was trying to use. I'm trying not to use, but I use it anyhow. The Bible talks in Proverbs about it being meat to your bones. Fire of God, the power of God. I need his strength. 
I can't do it without him. It says excessively beyond our own strength. But he learned something about it. He, he goes on and he says that we even despaired of our lives. There's something that happens when you come close to death. Ron, you know what we're talking about. You've been there. There's something that changes inside. You've had a fire and a passion. I mean, sometimes, you know, you're even annoying the way you care about people. You know, I've, I've told you before and you know it. I've been like, Ron, you're, 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 you're annoying. You, only because you have got this drive and this passion inside of you. You want to save every one of them. You don't want one of them to fall or fail. You don't want, you don't want to lose one of them. And be, other people don't understand you. They, they don't always get you. But you just stay true to the passion and the burden that's down inside you. God will give you wisdom. And you'll grow in learning and understanding how to channel that. But here, you've got to understand God is using that passion. And that passion comes because you have come to an understanding of your own own limitations and your own weaknesses and you've come close to death yourself so you know just how immortal we are not life is short life is short in comparison to what we think we think we'll live forever it was just yesterday I was 25 since I turned 27 I am just blown away what are you laughing at Life is passing us by, but a vapor, a dash between the dates, cemeteries, stacking up headstones, some of our own loved ones. When I was growing up, head, cemeteries were nothing but spooky places for Halloween. It wasn't until we laid my mama down, my grandma down, my great-grandma down, my Uncle Bob, it wasn't until I started knowing folks in there that I started finding those places Treasures, special sacred places of love and sometimes comfort. Can't tell you how many times I've drove over to Willowview Cemetery in Dayton, got off Wagner Ford Road, drove over to where my mama is, and I walked over to her and took her a little flower and put it down there beside of her, and I just poured my heart out to her. She didn't say anything at all. It's precious, our loved ones. Life is short. One of the things we learn about our about our, our mortality is how precious it is that you get to sit next to the loved one that you're with. You know, Brian, you're sitting next to Amelia right there. Just sit a little closer. Hang on a little tighter. Don't let days go by. Don't let hours go by. I love what this young lady's doing right here. You're all, you're all right to do that in here. That's all right because that, that's comfort and peace and strength. Love your husbands. Love your wives. Love your children. Love on them. Pamper them with love. You can't love them too much. People say don't spoil them. Spoil them with love. Spoil them with love. Don't spoil them with new Corvettes, but cor spoil them with love. Let your, let your kids know and let your families know. Let your friends know. Let people know how you feel. If you don't tell them how you feel, the devil's going to tell them how you feel. And it's not going to be the truth. When you don't communicate to people, when you don't let people know how you feel about them, I'm telling you the honest truth. The devil will tell them another whole story. 
And you wonder sometimes why people aren't talking to you, why they're looking at you sideways. Well, you let five months go by, you ain't said a word to them, the devil's talked to them every day. They don't like you. Do you see how they looked at you? Do you see who they think they are? They, they wore that suit just, just to bug you. I walked into camp meeting a couple weeks ago and sat down, and there in front of me, two, two pews in front of me, I'm the only other two men sitting in front, they both had the exact same suit from the exact same store that I had on. It's like, couldn't you guys be more original? Richard looks at me, he's laughing, he's like, they got the same suit as you. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I sat there and just thought terrible things about those men. <laughs> Devil will tell you all kinds of stuff if you don't talk. Communication, how many of you know communication is important? It's important not only to your marriage and not only to your family and to your friends, but it's important in your relationship with God. Don't think you'll get anywhere if you don't have a prayer life. Don't try to tell me how spiritual you are if you're not spending time in prayer with God and talking to him every day, all during the day. Don't tell me you got a relationship with the Lord. Quit playing games. You're misrepresenting what a true child of God is all about. Don't tell me that you know you've you got this great relationship with the Lord if you ain't picked up your Bible in a couple of months. Let me tell you something. You need this for sustenance in life. You need this for strength. You ought to be putting that in you like you do your lunch and your breakfast and your supper. It ought to be in you, coming out of you. It ought to be flowing out of you. But, oh, you want to tell me how to run the church and you want to tell us how to run our ministries and you want to tell us how to do all kinds of stuff and you haven't even been spending five minutes in the presence of God. Don't give me advice if you haven't been at the throne. Is that all right? <laughs> I suddenly felt a little weak need. <laughs> felt like I need to run out. I need God's strength. I need to trust in the Lord. I need God's strength and I need to trust God. Man, that's a hard one. You say, oh, I do, brother. I trust him. Nah, think about it. I'm talking about trusting him. Not just when everything's going okay. Oh, it's, oh, we're all singing, he abides, he abides. Hallelujah, he abides. When everything's going well. Oh, like a tree that's planted by the waters. Pastor, everything's going so good. Oh, the Lord is wonderful. The Lord is amazing. Like a tree planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. And we're all, we're all on it. He's an awesome God. He's a great God. I got a promotion. It's awesome. And the first time something goes wrong, you ain't singing your songs anymore. You ain't got a song for Jesus. You ain't got a praise on your lips. You sitting there all down in the dumps and you ain't got a smile for nobody everything going wrong let me tell you it's your test of your faithfulness and your commitment that when everything is falling apart and crumbling all around you you can still look up and say from your prison cell or from your dungeon or from your hospital bed or from the pink slip in your hand you can say I trust in my father I trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding but in all my ways I will acknowledge him and he will direct my path I need to trust the Lord he said in verse 9 yes we had the sentence of death 
in ourselves that we, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Now listen, I love that. He starts off and he says, yes, we had the sentence of death. We had threats on our life. He said, so that we would learn, so we would learn, so we would not be ignorant to what it is to trust the Lord, God, who raises the dead. He was like, the lesson that I need to learn, Carla, the lesson that we need to learn, it's reflective and it measures out to the trial that we're going through. If you're going through one of the hardest times of your life, then there is some amazing, amazing work that God is trying to do in you and a place in him, a depth in him, a deepness in him that is going to rock your world and everyone else you come in contact with. That's why you can say, I praise him. I'll praise him at midnight in my dungeon. I'll praise him with songs of praise. And it won't be long if you'll find a praise in the midst of the deep, dark dungeon where it's damp and wet and dark and you're, you're frightened and you're fearful and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You don't know whether you're going to come. It may be that you even feel you have the sentence of death over your life. But if you will look in that situation for a song of praise, if you'll find a praise in the midst of your midnight, there is going to be a shaking and a rattling and a noise is going to come out of that dungeon that is going to absolutely set you up on a high place. They were delivered. They were delivered from the deep, dark dungeon of their, of their trial and their trouble and delivered in such a way that even today, over 2,000 years later, we're talking about it on a Sunday night. I want, don't you want God to be able to use you in such a way that your trials become a good hope and a good word and an anchor for someone else down the road? I want others to be able to benefit from my growth experiences. When I come out of my cave, I want to be able to share with someone so that when they go through their cave, they're going to come out and they're going to say, I remember, it's going to be all right in this cave, isn't it? Elaine, how many people have you blessed and touched because you walked into the cave of cancer? You walked in that cave. You weren't afraid to walk in. You kept your face strong. And here you are four years later. They can't, the, the, the disease can't get you. The world can't get you. The hospitals can't discourage you enough with all their news. There ain't nothing can penetrate your faith walk with God because you are going through a deep place in order to be able to share a deep truth for people you are going to share that with others and you are you are it's amazing God's calling us to the deep places so when he calls you into a trial and he calls you into a place of isolation and loneliness, just remember that in that, find your song, find your praise, find your trust. And when you get a hold of that, man, the power of God's going to rise up inside you. There are plenty more supernatural miracles ready to take place. God is not exhausted. His unlimited supply and power he is still in control and as powerful in this moment as he was the day Moses had a rod standing at the Red Sea and tapped over there and there, the miracle in front of him showed the whole world 
thousands and thousands of years later that he's a mighty God. How many of you know he's not weak? He didn't get old and frail. He is not like us humans. He doesn't get weaker as he goes on. He gets stronger, mighty, and more powerful. God is a powerful, powerful God. He hasn't changed a bit. I need to trust him. I need to trust him. The question is, can God trust you? Can God trust you? Oh, that's a tough one. I didn't ask the question. I didn't ask the other question. I didn't ask, are you trustworthy? If I asked if you're trustworthy, everybody would. I don't steal. I don't cheat. I don't. What is that old thing? I don't steal. I don't kill. I don't do whatever. I don't do what others do or whatever that is. You know it. (laughs) Should have wrote that one down. And I don't hang out with those who do. I didn't ask if you were trustworthy. I asked a harder question. Can God trust you? Can he trust you to go through to allow him to make you strong? Can he trust you that you're not going to quit? You're not going to throw in the towel. You're not going to give up. Can God trust you that if allowed to go through sickness so that there can be a miracle and a testimony, so there can be a witness? Sometimes there's a witness. Let me just tell you something. There's a witness. I preached on this several weeks back. There's a witness in sometimes how you pass. I want to be one of those people that when I'm on my deathbed and there's a time coming for all of us, and when I'm there, I don't want to be one of those kicking and screaming. I don't want to be one of those trying to hang on for all dear life. I don't want to be somebody who's in misery and fear and, and, and needing somebody to be there holding my hand the whole time. I, I don't want to be that person. I want to be somebody that says, I trust in the Lord. I trust in the Lord. I love Brother Bill Man. He's passed on to glory this last year. That man was precious, more precious to me in all the 38 years I knew him. He was more precious to me in his last week than he was at any other time in his life because you walked in and whenever you saw him, here he was at the end of his life and he had a smile on his face. Smile on his face. Couldn't hardly communicate. You start to share scripture and talk to him and all of a sudden he'd liven up and you'd hear He'd lift that hand, and he had this shaking hand, and he'd, ah, you know him. He'd start speaking in tongues and praying right there. The last time I had a conversation with him, he spent more time praying in the spirit than he did talking to me. Confidence, assurance, trust in God. That's what we need tonight is to be able to. To trust in him and for him to be able to trust you. Can God trust you when you're under attack? Can God trust you when all hell is breaking loose around you? Can God trust you when Satan decides to shoot his fiery darts at your marriage, at your children, or at your health? Can God trust you when the bank is empty and you just bounced a check? 
Can God trust you when your boss doubles your work and doesn't double your pay? Can God trust you that you're going to be solid as a rock? That you're going to stay faithful through it all? Can God trust you? Or you're going to be someone that, that the first winds of adversity come along, you crumble and you fall. And people have to rally around you and try to pick you up and try to breathe life back into you. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. I understand we all face discouragement. We all face it, but it's not about facing discouragement. That will come. It's about how discouragement gets a hold of you. How you react. Discouragement's going to come. Depression is going to come knocking on your door. Heartache's going to come. Attacks are going to come. But when they do, the, the, the question we're asking is, can you be trusted for those things to come at you and you still stand flat-footed with your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? Will you still be strong through it all? Serious trials came to Paul. Hardships came to Paul. Wrote down some of these things. He was imprisoned. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten and lashed 39 times, almost stoned at one point. He had so many different attacks on his life, and yet Paul, the Apostle Paul that we all talk about, that same Paul, through every adversity, stood strong, saying, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. Paul, who stood firm and said, Though I'm perplexed, I'm not forsaken. Though I am beaten down and I am messed up. Though I am beaten left and right. Though I am knocked down, I'm never knocked out. Because he is determined that the love of God will never be separated from him. His trust was in God through it all. Andre Crouch used to sing that song, through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned, learned. What is the rest of that? To trust in God. I started trying to sing it. Through it all. Okay. Come help me. I'm not going to sing, but come help me. Number three. And we'll try to bring this down. I need to hope in God. Verse 10. Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us. In whom we trust that he will still deliver us. You ever been in severe trouble and found no way out? No way out but God. But God. You kept your hope through it all. God. I'm telling you, these are mature things. I'm talking about some mature stuff on a Sunday night. You know, we've got a little less than half the crowd that we would have on Sunday morning. Maybe a little less. You folks come back on Sunday night. You're, you're coming back for more. You weren't done this morning. Can God trust you? Can you? Is your hope built in anything, anything else besides him? Are, is he your declaration of strength? Because you know that he delivered you in the past. He's delivering you now. And he's going to deliver you tomorrow. He's done it then, Boki. He did it back then. He's doing it now, and you can trust, and you can keep the smile on your face because he's going to do it tomorrow. That's hope. That's hope. That's hope that's an anchor, hope that's alive, hope that means I won't worry about you. I've, I've known many people along this journey 
I've been saved now 38 years. 38 years since I really dedicated my life. I mean, I've been in church my whole life. Many revivals, I went down and prayed and got up and went right back to the same old stuff. It was 38 years ago that I gave my heart to Jesus and he turned my life around. And in those years, I've run across many folks. This young man I was telling you about, it's broken my heart. It comes from a pastor's home. He's one that was raised up in truth. I've been with him in youth camps where he was filled with the Spirit of God. I've seen him praying for others. I I know he has a call of ministry on his own life. And here he is doing this little YouTube video. And he's talking about, you know, just breathe in the air and let the trees bless you. And and let let the birds sing your song. They're looking for you. And he's like, just all you got to do is love yourself and just feel good feel good. He was looking actually into the video and he was, just feel good for a few minutes. Let, let life make you feel good. And I'm just like, what a bunch of emptiness. Nothing that has substance. I thought, surely he's joking. He says, don't let anybody make you feel bad, man. Everything's good. Everything's all right. It was like a modern day 70s child. Just feel good, man. Everything's good. I just thought, my, my goodness, how do people get so far off track? How do they get away from the truth, the anchors, the hope, the trust? Don't you do it. Don't you let this world, don't you let other people, don't you let anything detour you from God and trusting in Him. Don't let anything, don't let your heartaches, don't let your attacks, don't let your trials. I'm telling you, this is a grow-up time. This is mature time. Don't let anything weaken your faith and trust in God. I'm telling you, if you'll hang on, it's going to be worth it in the end. I'm telling you, it's going to be worth it. If you'll just hang on and you won't let go. Don't get mad at everybody. Don't get mad at me tonight. Let God have his way in your life through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let him have his way, and don't you let go. If you'll hang on to the very end, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Stand with me tonight. Number four, I need support from others. What did he say in verse 11? You also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Paul learned in his afflictions and in his troubles, we need one another. We need one another. We need prayers of others. Jesus himself, do you remember? On the night that he was betrayed, He went to the garden, he took the disciples, he had three of his inner inner friends, the inner circle of his friends. He said, come over here and tarry with me. Wait with me. Keep watch for me. He needed, he set an example for us to follow that we need one another. We need the encouragement, we need strength, we need need the word. Iron sharpens iron. We need to be lifting one another up. 
We don't need to be people who judge and condemn and criticize others. We need to be folks that encourage and uplift one another. If someone's even doing something that you know is going to hurt them or, or it's not good, the way that you approach them is to go in, in a spirit of love to help them, to help lift them up and strengthen them. The Word itself will teach the word itself will be a strong reproof and correction for us. God wants us to understand that we need others. God is speaking to us tonight about growing up, growing strong, being a part in him. I, I want to ask a, another question tonight. I, I feel led in my spirit. If you just bow your heads for just a moment. If you're here tonight and, and you need things squared up and right with God you've gotten away from him you don't feel like like you have that relationship you're not ready to launch out into the deep but you've come in here tonight and you you're searching you're looking you need to declare first off right off the bat you need out of the starting block you need to have Jesus in your heart and start in that relationship with him are you here tonight and if you are would you just slip up your hand and write back down I want to pray with you before we leave today are you here? I need things right with the Lord, Pastor, and I want to pray tonight. Is there anyone at all? I just feel led to ask you. I already know you're here. You may not respond, but I know you're here. I need Jesus tonight, Pastor, and I want to pray. Anyone at all? God bless you. God bless you. greatest decisions you'll make greatest decision you'll ever make is the prayer right now before the throne of God is there anyone else just a moment we're just going to wait just another moment all right we're all going to come together and pray tonight but before we do I'm going to ask that we all together take these precious folks to the Lord right before his throne in a simple prayer it's a prayer that it's not got magic behind it. It's not a formula for anything. But it's a prayer that will help you to know what you need to acknowledge. The Bible says if you accept him and you know he's the son of God, you believe it in your heart. He died on the cross for you, rose from the dead, purchased your salvation. You believe that in your heart and you confess that with your mouth. The Bible says you're saved. So we're going to help you tonight. We're going to help you to make things right with the Lord. These that have lifted their hands and all of us together, would you help me? Let's pray tonight this simple prayer. Prayed from the heart. It's going to change your whole life. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I need you in my life. I know you died on the cross. And you rose from the dead. You are the Son of God. I believe this in my heart. I declare your God be the Lord of my life. I confess you with my mouth and in this place tonight according to your word I'm saved. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That's simple. That's simple but it's powerful. Would you come? I want us to take just a little bit. I want you to be able to have an opportunity. I know I always wanted this. I would live for the opportunities the pastor would give me to be able to just spend some time in the altar. 
I want to call you to an altar tonight just to spend a little bit of time. If you, if you need to, to, to seek that deeper walk, if you've got things, that, troubles, your troubled times, you, you want to bring them to the Lord, I want you to come. Would you come? You can make an altar at your seat or you can find a place around this altar. But I'd like us if we all could just take a few moments to come and spend some time with the Lord tonight. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Through it all, I've learned to depend upon His word.
I'd hide yes. above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all oh, God. Hallelujah. Thou Believe he 
It makes the spirit 